We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. Stay tuned. We've got some good things coming up today. We're going to talk about the Apostles of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and also what this means whenever I use the expression, the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. I know some people misunderstand. I want you to understand what I'm talking about. So stay tuned. We've got some good things coming up today. All right, at this time we have a song from the Statler Brothers. It's a song that they sang about the 12 apostles. I always like that song. And so I want to play that for you at this time. And then we're going to go into the Word of God about these apostles, what an apostle, a prophet is, and things like that. Many disciples to help him spread the Word. But most of them left him because they just didn't have it. And the only way to get it is for God to give it to you. So he was left with 12 11 good men and one devil. But the ministry had begun. Things were starting to build. Jesus and the brave apostles dwell.
get expensive. So they took along some women, they took along some wealth. And the twelfth one was chosen to be their trusted treasure. Would you believe Judas is When I think about the 12 apostles, not only the 12, but the 70 that Jesus sent out. And in the ninth chapter of the book of Luke, you read about the 12. And then the 10th chapter, Jesus sent also uh, 70 out. And I think about that. My mind goes back to a story just after they had crossed the Red Sea in the book of Exodus in the 15th chapter. And they came to a place and uh, the Bible calls it in uh, verse, I guess we'll look at the 15th chapter, verse 26, if you want to follow the, along with the Word of God. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Then in verse 27, I thought this was so interesting. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. All right, if we really look at the word of God here, they just came across or came through the Red Sea. And if you go up to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, you'll find out the Bible said they was all baptized under Moses in the sea and in the cloud. And what that represents to me, when they come out of Egypt, coming through the Red Sea, God did that to take away and make them separate from the life that they once knew. It's like salvation, in other words, coming through the Red Sea, and then in the cloud, it was all baptized there into Moses, and it uh, was to wash away the filth of Egypt, the world, so to speak, and brought them to a place that they had water, 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. They had water and they had shade there. God had brought them to that place. And I can't help but think about so much in the Word of God. I don't have time on this broadcast to deal with it, but the water of God and the shade of God, having a place that we can get out of the heat. There's a lot of scripture about it. I don't want to have to deal with all that right now. But I thought about the 12 apostles and how that uh, Isaiah said, With joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. And uh, I thought about Jesus telling a woman at the well, if you drink this water that I'll give you, then he would be in us a well of water springing up and uh, rivers of water. And I, I don't have time to go at all, to all that, but you can look it up. And then I thought about how that he sent the other 70 out also. And that's a type of relief and protection. And, and uh, they went out 
And they also was able to heal the sick and preach the gospel of the kingdom and uh, invite people to this great salvation. So when I think about this, I see parallels in the Word of God. I see some other parallels in the Word of God also back in the book of Exodus. And we find that when we're talking about the uh, fivefold ministry, a lot of people call it, in other words, five different offices that in the ministry that Jesus seemed to ordain. And in the book of Ephesians uh, 4 and 8, it tells us about it. And uh, when you begin to think about that, I also notice something else. That if you go back to Exodus again, to the 26th chapter and verse 36. Well, let's look at 31 first. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet, fine twine linen, cunning work, with cherubims shall it be made. And thou shalt hang it up on four pillars of shintum wood, overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. So now we have here uh, this veil, and this veil was the one that was to separate uh, the Holy of Holies from uh, the regular holy place. And uh, now I think about that for a little bit. There was four pillars, and I believe that if you look at the Word of God, I see a parallel here. You go up to the New Testament, and you find out there was four Gospels. And it's through the four Gospels that we get to know about this great salvation, the apostles, and all the things that Jesus did. And he was the access for us. And in Hebrews, it tells us that having the boldness to enter into that which is holy, holiest of all, that is to say through the veil of his flesh. So he was the access for us into the Holy of Holies, where the power of God, where the Holy Ghost is. And we find that in the four Gospels, that story. Then, then he sent these apostles out. And, uh, uh, and like I say, in the 70. But over in the book of Ephesians, he mentions that there would be uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And there happens to be five different groups that he mentions there. And I got to thinking about that. Now, getting into the tabernacle, back to the 26th chapter of Exodus and verse 36. And thou shalt make an hanging for the door of the tent of blue, purple, scarlet, fine twined linen, wrought with needlework. And thou shalt make for the hanging five pillars of shintum wood, overlay them with gold, and their hooks shall be of gold, and they shall cast five sockets of brass for them. All right, this is to get in when you're coming in to that tabernacle. And I couldn't help but think that that hanging was hanging up on five pillars. And I thought about that uh, ministry that God had given to the church, five pillars. And the ministry, uh, that's the access. And the Bible even says in Ephesians 2 and verse 20, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So when you begin to put all that together and think about it, that I see such a parallel there with the Word of God. Also, back in the 30th chapter of the book of Exodus, you can read this. It's about the anointing oil. And they was instructed 
to make an anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything. And that anointing oil was made up of five different ingredients. And again, I think about the anointing for the church. The anointing for the church is Christ himself. Uh, Christ means the anointed one. And uh, the head of every woman is the man, but the head of every man is Christ. That's the anointing. The head of Christ is God. And that anointing for the church was made up of five different ingredients. I think that's a type and shadow of something to come, which I believe is that ministry that he speaks about over here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And then I've heard people say, well, today, Brother Boyd, there cannot be apostles and prophets today. That was done away with. Well, the only thing I can say to that, I can find where God put him in the church and why he put him in the church was for the perfecting of the saints and the work of the ministry till we all come to the uh, understanding and uh, perfection that God wants us to have. And uh, I don't see any place where he took them out. Now, I did read over in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, how that he mentions that again. And he says here, And God has sent some, verse 28, of the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. Now they're set in the church. Is there a church yet today? If there is, I believe that there should be these offices in the church yet today. But anyway, we'll go on here. And he set them in the church, and he said, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, the gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And he asked the question, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now, God put them in the church. And uh, now a lot of people say, well, right there, see, no, you don't have to speak in tongues to have the Holy Ghost. Well, I believe uh, that when the Holy Ghost came, everything I find in the Word of God in the New Testament, even Jesus himself spoke in tongues on the cross. And uh, But I find that uh, whenever the Holy Ghost came, they did speak in tongues and magnify God or prophesy. And so I'm going to stay with that. Now, I do believe that some get a gift of tongues, and some will get a gift of interpretation. Not everybody gets that, and not everybody gets the uh, working of miracles and all these different things. Not everybody is an apostle. Not everybody is a prophet. But I do want to say this, and this is what I mean when I call this the apostle and prophet ministry. I have a reason for that. And uh, we find uh, people don't realize, but in the book of Hebrews, the third chapter, we read this, that uh, Jesus Christ himself, now we're partakers of that same calling, he said, holy brethren and partakers of that heavenly calling or the same calling. And he said here that Jesus Christ was the priest and apostle. So then Jesus is an apostle. Why was he an apostle? Because he was sent by God to do a certain work. And uh, 
He even said in John 20, verse 21, he said, As my Father has sent me, so send I you. Then, so that makes him an apostle. Was he a prophet? Well, uh, in the 24th chapter of the book of Luke, in about verse 19, we find there's two men walking with him on the road to Emmaus, and uh, they did not recognize him, didn't know who they was talking to at first. And they spoke of him, though, and said that he was a prophet, and he was uh, mighty in uh, deed and in word, and uh, he was a prophet. A prophet, they said, a prophet. So then Jesus was not only an apostle, but he was also a prophet. Then we also have to recognize the fact in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, in verse 43, that he definitely was an evangelist because he told them at that time he must preach the word of God in other cities. He had to preach the gospel of the kingdom in all these other cities. And then Peter testified in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts that he went about, he was anointed of the Holy Ghost, he went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed by the devil. So he did the work of an evangelist. Well, then we find that... Uh, he was also a pastor. In 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25, Peter tells us that whenever he went to Calvary, went to the cross, he bare in his body not only our sin but our sickness. And he paid that penalty right there. And then the next verse said that uh, he was also the bishop of souls. He was a shepherd our shepherd, and the bishop of souls. So that meant that he was also a pastor. And then we go and look at another thing. In the third chapter of the Gospel of John, Nicodemus speaks to him, and Nicodemus had come to him by night, and he made a statement. He said, uh, Rabbi, I know that thou art a teacher sent from God, for no man could do these things that you do, except God be with him. So he's acknowledging that he is a teacher. So the Word of God confirms the fact that if you have Jesus Christ in your life, then you have the apostle and the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, all different five ingredients in that anointing. And so uh, I find in the church today, I still believe that it's possible, amen, if you have Jesus, that you can have an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist, pastor, teacher, and their mission in the New Testament. Now, I realize over in the book of Revelation, it talks about that city, John saw, and uh, the 12 foundations had names on them, and the names were the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So then you find many people say there cannot be no more because there were just 12 apostles of the Lamb. All right. Well, if you really look at the Word of God, now let's take a look at the Word of God. Whenever Judas, who was chosen by God, but proved unfaithful, <clears throat> and uh, they chose another to take his place. And uh, you find there in the book of Acts, the first chapter, they drawed straws, talked to God, and they chose Matthias to take the place of Judas. Now they got 12 again. Well, then later on, we can't deny the fact that Paul was called to be an apostle. So now you got 13. If you look at the 14th chapter of the book of Acts in verse 14, you'll find that it also names Barnabas 
with Paul as an apostle. So now you've got um, another apostle. So you got 12, you got 13, you've got 14. Jesus was an apostle. You got 15. That's even mentioned right there in the Word of God. So there's more than just 12. But I do believe that there was 12 that Jesus had chosen. Now, some people feel that Paul was the 12th apostle because of the way it worked out. Jesus chose him. But then you can't deny, though, Matthias had been chosen also. Now, it could be that Paul in the could be the 12th apostle of the Lamb. I'm not going to argue that point, but I want you to see, according to the Word of God, that there is actually more than just 12 apostles mentioned in the Word of God. And if God put them into the church, the church is still going on today. I believe it's quite possible that you can have an apostle today as well as a prophet. And we do find that the book of Acts talks about prophets that was in the church at that time, and they actually prophesied. One was called Agabus, and there was others also mentioned that were prophets, and uh, they was in the church and this is after Pentecost. So I know there was prophets in the church. But whenever I talk about the apostle and prophet ministry, what I'm actually trying to point out to people, I'm talking about Jesus. He is the apostle. He is the prophet. He is the pastor. He's the teacher. He's the evangelist. He's all of it. Because without him, we are nothing. We are nothing. And so I recognize the fact that uh, he is the anointing for the church. But if he anoints a man and uh, works through that man as an apostle, that man would be an apostle. Or a prophet, he would be a prophet or a teacher evangelist. But I do believe you just can't decide you're going to do this on your own. I believe you definitely have to be called of God and you have to be sent by God and to a certain work or things. Been, and um, I, I really believe that. Now, I know the Bible said if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. But on the other hand, he must also meet the qualifications laid down in the Word of God. I know there was deacons in the church, and I recognize that. And they had been chosen at that time, and I believe there still can be deacons today. But a deacon has to meet the qualifications given in the Word of God. His family, his wife, everything has to go right in line. Everything has to be just like the Word of God, or they cannot hold that office. There was elders mentioned in the church, and uh, he said, ordained elders in every city. Now, I'm not looking so much as the office and say that there's just an office of an elder, but I believe it takes an elder in the Lord to fulfill these other offices, the bishop or the deacon. And uh, I believe that because uh, the Bible warns us not to be a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, we would fall into condemnation. So whenever I get into this about the apostles, I, I can see a lot of parallels in the Word of God. And I hope that I said something today that would help you uh, and uh, make you think about and search out the Word of God. I just touched upon a few things. There's so much about this, it would probably take me several broadcasts, several weeks to even begin to deal with this. Another thing I'd like to look at uh, is found over here in the ninth chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. And uh, the Apostle Paul makes this statement, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? 
Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? Now, I've heard this expression, well, you can't be an apostle because you had to have, I would have uh, had to have seen Jesus. In other words, been back there at that time, at that in that day. But um, I look at the Word of God a little differently. The Apostle Paul met him on the road to Damascus and saw that bright light that shined down from heaven. And then from that time on, Paul also had other visions and experiences with Jesus. Also, John, uh, even though he had seen him in the flesh, also seen him over in the book of Revelation uh, in glory. And so there's more to that expression right here than what people think. Uh, Paul said, if I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. And remember the story, he had seen a vision, and in that vision, uh, a Macedonian saying, come over here and help us. And immediately he decided to head there because he felt that's what the Lord wanted him to do. So then he was sent to the Macedonians, so they can't deny the fact that he was sent to them by God. And because uh, a miracle had taken place there, he had seen a vision and got the message. And, you know, they really didn't need uh, uh, Facebook and stuff back in those days and the telephone and telegraph and television and all the stuff they have today. But uh, God was able to speak to an individual, give them visions, dreams, whatever it would take, and uh, speak audibly to them and give them commission and send them. And uh, we find that uh, Paul uses that argument. He also, in Second Corinthians, talking about the same thing in the 12th chapter in verse 12. He said, Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs, and wonders, and mighty deeds. And uh, now I realize today that there's men that studied the Bible. Uh, there's men that uh, can quote, I, I've run on to a couple of fellows that seem like they could just about quote the whole Bible. But is that really, does that mean that they are anointed of God for a certain thing? And uh, not necessarily. There are some people that have that ability, that they like a, I think they call it a photographic mind or something. But that still don't mean, I want you to look at something Paul said about this anointing. Now, the anointing is Christ. And that's uh, uh, the anointing oil, the office that God has called. You can get up and quote scriptures for hours, and that doesn't mean that you're anointed. Let's look at the Word of God. And in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul said this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God, howbeit we speak the wisdom among them that are perfect, 
not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that came to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So the anointing, that uh, anointing oil, that fivefold ministry, the five parts of the anointing, all that has something to do with this. And when the anointing comes, amen, you'll see there's something different takes over a man. And it's not just standing up. But like I say, I've, I've met a lot of men that just astounded me on their ability to quote Scripture, and yet I felt no anointing whatsoever. And I got really no deliverance from it. And uh, now that might sound strange to you, but when the Word comes with power, when Jesus spoke the Word of God, they said His Word was with power and there's a difference and that's something that a lot of people can't get a hold of but uh, I, I know the difference I've had some experiences in God and I know what the anointing is all about I have felt his anointing and uh, it's just a powerful powerful thing well I see our time is gone again today we'll see you next week same time same station with the apostle and prophet ministry and you have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd inviting you to join him again next Sunday morning at 8.30 here at your local station, 590 AM, 101.1 FM, W266DB, WMBS Uniontown.